Welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler Podcast. My name is Ben Wilson. This week we are reposting an episode from over a year ago, with, which was an interview with homeschooling veteran and speaker Dr. Roger Smith. He talks about homeschooling differently and what he has to share is extremely encouraging. Before we start, I also want to say thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring the Smiling Homeschooler. They're an amazing math curriculum and we encourage you to check them out. Lastly, we just launched a new podcast with me and my dad and three of my brothers called The Wonderful World of Disney+. Plus. If you or your kids or husband enjoys movies and TV shows from a family-friendly point of view, then we'd encourage you to check out The Wonderful World of Disney+, Plus on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify Podcasts. But let's get going. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Okay, well, hey, everybody, uh, and welcome to The Smiling Homeschooler. We got a special guest here, Roger Smith, but you can tell a difference immediately just by looking at us. Look, he's got like this rosy color. He's got like this light shirt, and I'm wearing a coat, and it's May the 12th. Um, and we're both, Ben and I are both pasty and not healthy looking. Um, that's because it's still colder in northern Indiana, um, but it's going to get better. Um, and our guest, Roger, is down in Louisiana. But Roger, why don't you let everybody know who you are? Uh, tell us a little about, about yourself and your family. Well, we are from Louisiana. We're native Louisianians. And uh, I'm going to try not to drawl today <laughs> so that you can understand me. <laughs> so uh, my wife and I, we're, uh, we actually live in my wife's hometown. This is a little country town, and I am a country doctor. I'm trained in internal medicine and pediatrics, uh, but I have a primary care small town practice, been in it, at it for 30 years and, uh, and loving it. So we raised four children in this country town where there's nothing to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, they're all adults now. They were all uh, home educated through, through high school, went off to universities and got degrees and now they have big boy, big girl jobs. One owns her own business. And um, there are, there's five grandchildren uh, currently. We, we hope for more, but at any rate. Um, what else would you like to know? Well, uh, well uh, that, now some of our listeners might remember that we had your wife. She was one of our first guests. Uh, and... Roger, she ma- her <laughs> accent makes yours look like you're from the mother country of England. Uh, you know, so so we can you understand should, you just real easy. Really, yeah, we should have some of her siblings on. <laughs> really, it's, wow. it's real thick. Wow. So. Nice. So tell us. Uh, so I mean, I know you've you've homeschooled, uh, and you just told everybody. Um, but why did you decide to homeschool your kids? You know. Um, what really sold us on the idea was the product. Uh, we had never heard of homeschooling when we encountered our first homeschool students. We didn't talk to the parents first. We saw their children. In fact, we were having a Sunday school party at, at our house and uh, for the fifth graders. And uh, these children new to town dropped, dropped by and we, we were super impressed. So the more we got to know them, the more we liked them and their parents and we, discovered they were homeschoolers and uh so our eyes were open to another possibility we said well we don't know anything about this homeschooling but we we liked what we saw and um and then we just began to see home education as a possible way to raise your family we didn't even think of it as an education model primarily 
but we knew it involved education, but we said we like what it's producing. And from there, we just kind of kept our eyes on it. And, you know, whenever I started my medical practice, my, my schedule was so um, demanding. Start early, end late. And if our children had been in a traditional school, I would have never seen them. So we said, listen, this is a perfect fit. We like, the, we like what we've seen it produce in other families. Uh, we had known some, some others. We met some others after that first family that we encountered and you know, we were just impressed with kind of the brightness, the energy, the curiosity, the, uh, you know, what we saw in the children, the character and how they interacted. And we said, this looks like a good fit for us and let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. And there, there we started in 1989. Well, you didn't just homeschool. You also moved into kind of state leadership and really, uh, you yeah. know, you have a national right. level influence now. Um, how did you make that transition or what took you there? Uh, well, you know, uh, the leadership thing started more um, in other venues and not really the homeschool world because mm. we were all about finding opportunities for our children to have great experiences and learn through what they were doing for fun. And so we got involved with things like scouting and 4-H and later it was speech and debate. And, and naturally, when your children are involved in those programs, you wind up leading to some degree because they're all volunteer based and uh, so we kind of honed our leadership development in those other organizations but later we began to realize that what had changed us the most as a family and made our life rich was what we learned through our encounters at uh, homeschool conventions uh, other homeschool meetings where others really sharpened Mm -hmm. us and challenged us we said you know we want to give back to the organizations that changed us the most. And that was the home education world. And so we started at the local level, you know, taking some leadership roles there. And before long, we were getting to know the state people. And then we got involved at the state level. And, and then we started rubbing shoulders with national folks um, through our, our state training events. And next thing you know, there we are leading at the national level. And it kind of seems like it was an accident. Mm. You know, it wasn't something we pursued. It's almost something that pursued us. So, Well, it's a very uh, cool thing to be, because we see Roger and his wife, Jan, everywhere. Uh, we were on a cruise this past uh, winter, and we had the amazing time uh, with them and some other folks. And it was just, they're just a, a breath of fresh air in the homeschool circles. Be- Wait, actually, hold on, hold on. Before okay. you switch in. Hey, Roger, I think your mic is scraping on your um, collar. So would oh, you maybe be able to pull okay. it out slightly? I, I think that's what it was. Okay. Yep, that's what it was. Okay. Cool. Perfect. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Dad. Okay. 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 Well, the Thanks. reason we're having Roger on is because uh, we both spoke on an online event in Nova Scotia this past week. And... Uh, I can't believe any of them could understand you guys over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we, we had to use a little sign language. That's right. The universal. An interpreter. Hey, every other, you know, at the end of every seven, a sentence. Um, but I was intrigued by the title of one of your workshops. I wasn't able to listen to it because I had trouble. I was trying to. I just couldn't listen to it. Um but it, and I'm gonna butcher the title, but basically it was like, how to do high school a non-traditional way. So 
tell us, Roger, what's that all about? <laughs> well, you know, um, it all s- surrounds our number three child. Number one was the perfect student. You know, he read early. It was easy. Uh, or number two followed right in his footsteps and they were kind of almost in a race it seemed uh-huh, like uh-huh. and they were we were we were great homeschool <laughs> right. parents we had we had this down we thought everybody should do this and then our number three child comes into the picture and uh he didn't fit the mold and uh he had uh things that made us reevaluate were we doing things did we know what we were doing first and two, were we doing things right? Mm. And so, um, you know, he started out early. His name is Rodney. And uh, early in life, he had some hearing problems because of infections, and he had to have ear surgery. And we thought, well, maybe that's affecting him. And then, um, uh, you know, he didn't really seem to like the teacher-student role, you know, you'd ask him, what color is this? And he would he would always say the wrong thing. And you knew he was doing it on purpose. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was one of those things where he was just, it was, he was just trying to upset the apple cart. And we were upset. And if we hadn't had the success of the first two, we might have thought, we can't do this homeschool thing. We just give up. You know, we don't know how to do this. But we knew that we had had a degree of success, and yet he was different. And we realized that he was seeing things. His his uh, mode of evaluating the world was different. And he actually has some visual things where um, we had his eyesight tested. It wasn't an eyesight thing. It was more of a visual processing thing. We didn't know what was going on. We were trying to sort it out. But it forced us to evaluate everything we were doing and realize that, you know, there's not an exact right way for every child. There might be a a right way for this child. And uh, that's what we had to figure out. And it forced us to learn some non-traditional ways because he was a late reader. And if we tried to force him to read on the same schedule Mm -hmm. that everyone else read, Mm -hmm. He was becoming more and more angry, uh, frustrated. He would, you know, make us mad. So we said, okay, we got to do something different. And it led us to a non-traditional way. Okay. Before, while you adjust your mic one more time there, oh, Roger. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm going to pull it out. Because I can remember uh, your wife, Jan, talking about that. And really, she she was doubting everything. I mean, she just pretty much, I mean, the way she tells it, like, she blamed herself. She thought, I I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not capable. So how did, what took you to that? I get, what took you to that point where you said, okay, let's try something different as opposed to let's let somebody else worry about it. Hmm. Well, it, it it may be part of our makeup. You know, (laughs) we, we are always ones that are uh, looking for opportunity, uh, looking for, to overcome a challenge. We don't, we don't back up very much. Uh, and so I guess the message in this that I want people to hear is that if, if you are experiencing a lot of frustration with your child in this homeschooling, you need to change something Hmm. and, and, and find a way that's going to work. Uh, and we, I guess we're just, um, ignorant enough 
to keep going and say, okay, well, let's try something different. We would learn from different people. And, and so we, we settled on, we, we actually came into the, uh, uh, knowledge of the right delight directed learning. I think it's got a different name now, but it's the concept of finding what your child is interested in mm-hmm. and pursue that as the main thrust of the education. And when we began to say, okay, we don't need to make this curriculum fit our child. There might not be a curriculum that is written for our child, but our child is able to learn. We knew he was smart. Oh yeah. We knew he was talented. We recognized strengths and all the world would have pointed out his weaknesses. You know, all the labels we put on kids are about their deficits you know, mm-hmm. attention deficit, you know, and mm. sensory deficit disorder, you know, but every deficit, if there is such, is matched up with a strength. Mm. And we began to uh, look for what are his strengths? What does he do well? What are his interests? What drives him? What are his passions? And it helped us to come up with a an approach that was good for him. And, you know, what we did with him is not what someone else should do for their child, but the process of getting to what to do for your child is what I would advocate. So it sounds like it was really more of a, of a mindset shift for you than just changing him yeah. to fit, you know, oh, fit whatever your, your, your ideal was. It was yeah. Yeah. And was yeah, there any hundred percent about us adjusting? Totally. Was there anything you can think of that, you know, really like was those aha moments or anything with him that you just found was, you know, a really major shift that you guys had to do day to day? Anything that, you know, jumps to mind? Yeah. Uh, The first thing that that came to mind whenever I was making little notes preparing for this was uh, we got away from books. Hmm. Say that one more time. Say that (laughs) one more time, Roger. We moved away from books. Wow. He, he was having trouble reading and you know the school schools and the specialists out there they want to do more and more of the thing you have trouble with and he could not process visually the print on the page so and there was a developmental thing he can read now you know and he loves to read but if we had forced it mm-hmm. the thing that was most painful we spent the most time on he would have hated life. He would have hated us. He would have hated learning. But so we moved away from books. We went to, we watched videos, geography videos, science videos, you know, anything cultural, any, just anything of interest. You know, school became a visual, you know, smorgasbord. Mm-hmm. And not that we had no books, but it wasn't primarily books. It was primarily other things. And, and of course he had other experiences and things but we had to for a period of time help him to get over the fear and the pain of books hmm. and um so i actually have a time when we'll, go ahead no, no go ahead i didn't sorry it's hard to tell if you're gonna pause where there's a pause i got a question when you're you done know, with that thought when we went back to books jan was very smart about this she had gotten some um input we can't remember who had really advised us on this but getting books below his reading level. The content was good, but the, the, the way with which it was writ- written was written probably two grades below his, his comfortable reading level because we wanted him to overcome the fear of reading because we don't do things that we're not good at. We just don't, we avoid those. Mm. And so we got it down to where he could be successful 
And as his skill grew, then the book's complexity grew and they moved from picture books to, you know, more words and more words and less pictures, you know, and now he's that avid reader. That's awesome. Mindy here had a question. She said, how did the siblings deal with him being taught differently? Did that factor in anything at all? Well, they dealt with him every day on just relationship. I mean, they knew he was different, but you know, he played, they did, they did things together. One thing we majored on in our home was love. And it was more about the relationships than about the information that they were gaining because they can learn the rest of their lives, but very, nobody's going to really train them how to get along. So we focused Mm -hmm. primarily on relationship, resolving conflict, having fun together, loving one another. And so they understood his, his, uh, scenario, so to speak. And the older two, they took off, they started doing their own thing. They just, they would fly together, so to speak at their pace and, they, they didn't care. Mm-hmm. It didn't bother them, I don't think, in the least. Nice. I was trying to get a, uh, feedback from my wife over there across the room <laughs> to see if she would <laughs> give, a different, like, give a different answer. But uh, really, it was, I don't remember it being a problem with the other ones. Real quick, I just want to say thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring this fine homeschooler. The reason we work with Teaching Textbooks is they're a math curriculum that helps more homeschoolers smile. It's fun and engaging, has a ton of features, including uh, fun animations, grade dating, uh, search features, and stickers. And it works on basically any device that has an internet browser, including computers, tablets, smartphones, and pretty much anything else. They offer monthly plans and have an amazing customer service. So head on over to Teaching Textbooks for a free demo. Well, now. tell us uh, now, now, because I know a little bit of the story. Your son also had some other, he wasn't just visual. He had some other giftedness that you yes. kind of let right. that guide him. What were some of those things? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, he was really an artist at heart. He was wired to be an artist. Neither my wife or I are artists. We are much more, you know, um, well, we're just not artists. I'll say that. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. And, <laughs> And there's just a way of different way of seeing the world. That's an artistic uh, bent. And uh, Jan first noticed it whenever he was playing in the mud out at our ha- uh, outside our house, and he said, "Look, mom, look, mom." And she looked down, and she could tell that there was something there that he had made, but she couldn't tell what it was. And when he said, "It's a rooster," and then she looked back down at it, and she could see it then, huh. you know, because, you know, he had made it in a different orientation, you know. So he was probably four or five years old. And so she recognized his artist, artistry much earlier than I did. But um, he also, you know, it was a, an odd mix. He, he was the artist and he was kind of an athlete. And then he was, he loved people, but he was frustrated and an emotional you know, bag there for a while. Now he's very stable and happy and whatever, but, but Nonetheless, um, we realized that he liked non-traditional sports, particularly skateboarding. I wanted him to play baseball, but <laughs> he was good at baseball, but he just said, I'd rather be skating. I went, okay, mm. you know, you know, and, uh, one thing led to another, he, he, um, skateboarders, they want to jump over stuff they want to have obstacles but in our country town there is no such thing you know we're lucky to find a patch of concrete 
<laughs> you know? And so, uh, he started making his own ramps and, um, and my wife was brave enough to let him, you know, so he started jumping over stuff. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Um, and, uh, so she said, you got to do this right. And she called the local drafting, uh, uh, instructor at the technical college and got him to tutor him on making his plans for all of his ramps in a structurally sound way. Next thing you know, he was selling these ramps. He had a business. He named it Raj Ramps, and he became well-known in the area for making skateboard ramps. And uh, so um, I, I got uh, w- so we used that as an opportunity for him to learn math, for him to learn writing, because he'd have to write up stuff, and for him to... Uh, have public relations training because he was selling mm-hmm. things. He was sponsoring skate tournaments and, and he got a big contract building a skate park when he was mm-hmm. 15 years old, you know? Wow. And, but as this went along, I was going, hold on, man. If, if someone gets hurt on these ramps, they're not coming after you. They're coming after me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said, we, we got to separate here. Okay. I, I've got, I've got to protect myself from you. <laughs> and so, uh, so it, it actually it happened when he was about 13 that, uh, he formed a corporation, Rods Ramps LLC. Hmm. And, uh, you know, so at 13 and 14, he was the CEO of a company and, you know, so that was school. He was learning business. Oh, he yeah. was learning art. He was learning construction. He was learning sales. He was learning, you know, cost projections and all this stuff. And we just learned it as we went along. We go, okay, how much should you sell that ramp bar? So we go, okay, how much did it cost for the plywood and for this and this, you know? And and he would do. We would sit down and do the math together. And um, so that's non-traditional approach to math. Hmm. But he learned math through that. And now he's he's a numbers guy. He's he's in sales. Hmm. And uh, but he didn't have a math textbook. That's you know, he, he along the way he did, you know, but it right. wasn't our primary way of learning. It was non-traditional what we did. Mm-hmm. And you really, I mean, because I've seen some parents that will kind of, they like the idea of what you're saying, Roger, and they'll say, oh, okay, my, my son or daughter, they have this bent, but then they still try to schoolify it, don't they? I right. mean, they say, okay, yeah. let's make a flow chart or let's turn it into, <laughs> and I'm going to guess that you really, you just helped him be what he was made to be. And That's he had right. to learn along the way. That's right. I had to discover who he was and help him realize it. Mm. You know, I wasn't trying to make him something. In fact, that's, that's where we realized that things weren't going so well, that we were trying to do for him something that wasn't him. Mm-hmm. And we thought he would be like his brother and sister which both of them were different, but you know, than than each other, but they, they kind of had a same trajectory educationally. And, um, so to, uh, to illustrate, uh, this idea of helping him discover himself, I use uh, a picture of a Michelangelo, uh, uh, sculpture. And, uh, first we have the big sculpt sculpture of the David, the magnificent mm-hmm. 17 foot tall, you know, but, but the what's what's called the relief sculpture sculptures, they look unfinished, but uh, it has 
the solid stone on one side and it looks like a man's kind of trying to break out of the stone and uh, Michelangelo used that to say you know whenever I get a, a stone I study the stone because I know that that stone has a man in there and that my job is to take away the things that are not the man so that the real man comes out and that's kind of what we the way we approach Rodney's development is to say We've got to discover who he is and what are his strengths, not what his weaknesses are. We recognize those. I mean, those slap us in the face, but discover his strengths and recognize, appreciate, and value them and help him to see those and to be okay with it. Hmm. So uh, he didn't want to be the artist. Well, you oh. use a phrase um, that I think is really, uh, has a lot of freedom in it, where you said, uh, you told me, yesterday when we were talking on the phone you said something yeah. about uh turning the extracurricular into the curricular um yeah. and i i know everybody listening knows what i'm saying but what does that really mean because i think for a lot of moms they're like hold on you know i'm okay with doing extracurricular but i still yeah. need to get in the curricular yeah you know, it's, it's scary whenever you take off the uh, controls, so to speak, and you stop having a, a easy way to measure progress. Um, uh, first of all, we didn't get we didn't test our students. They took one test at the end of the year, you know, and we only did that just to make it easy to re-register. Well, and sometimes to see how we were doing, but uh, hmm. uh, but. Um, question if I understand it an example of how we did it whenever they were in scouting they would work on a merit badge and if they spent most of their time really understanding first aid or um, I don't know life-saving or whatever the whatever the thing was the merit badge that was the curriculum for the day and if they learned that well and they understood it um, bingo you know, and but it's not on a test somewhere. And you can't put it in a, a portfolio and say, you know, they got the prize for whatever, you know. But but uh, scouting is a, is a great organization for that. And, you know, there's Trail Life now. Uh, you know, we used 4-H and they got great prizes. <laughs> so we, my wife was very strategic. She says, hey, this, this has a lot to learn, but it has a great prize too. So let's go for that one, you know. And so they would learn. Yeah. Yes, my Anything kids they do, they got $150 for a chicken. <laughs> they hardly even touch. <laughs> yeah. So there, there are organizations out there, and we use their programs because they would, they would have built-in incentives for the kids, and we wouldn't have to, we wouldn't have to conjole them. They'd say, well, you want to win that prize? It's got a trip. It's a trip or something. And you go, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's, let's be the best. And so they pursued being the best, and we didn't have to whip crack the whip so much you know speech and debate was another one you know they loved that it's not for everybody but it worked well for us for writing and reading and studying research and stuff like that well we're getting close to our time limit here but real quick i just want to if you if there's a mom listening to this who maybe she has a you know has one of these uh, children that's you know learning a little bit different or has a you know knows a friend who has a child like that what's a great way that she can tr encourage others to homeschool non-traditionally whether in her own life or maybe you know someone near her that she can impart some wisdom into you, you know the 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 mom that has a child 
that doesn't fit the traditional mold, the first thing is you got to love them hmm. thoroughly and accept them wholly and appreciate their strengths. That is number one, because without that, uh, if they, you don't feel good about them, they're not going to feel good about themselves and they're not going to learn. They're going to be resistant to everything. If they don't feel good about me and they don't feel about, they don't think you feel good about me, you know? So yeah. that's, that's a number one. And that's something I think you do so good. So well, Todd, is that, uh, you know, it's uh, whenever I watch you with your children, uh, it's that bond is just so, so strong that they feel comfortable. They know you, they're accepted with you. And that's, that's so important. But, uh, um, Here's a nebulous recommendation uh, after loving and accepting and, and all that. you got to trust your instincts. Mm. You know, uh, we feel the pressure as parents to somehow do it right, to do what others are doing. And sometimes mamas just know this isn't right. Something's not right about this. Let's just back off, take a deep breath, enjoy being together and focus on what they love to do. And somehow that has learning in it. You know, uh, it's like when, uh, Todd, you were telling about your kid wanted to build a jet engine. I don't know if anything could happen for that, <laughs> but their passions drive them to learn stuff. Even if they don't accomplish the dream, you know, they, uh, so. And that them. really is the best way to learn. I mean, that's why I think you know, ladies, if, if you have a husband, you need to get your husband, your husband needs to believe this too, because he needs to be, because I would assume Roger, there were times where Jen got a little wobbly and she's oh, yeah. like, I don't know. And you said, honey, this yes. is the best. Yeah. Um, because I think our wives look at us like kind of those knights in shining armor to come and rescue them, to remind them of the truth at those times. Yes, in the throes of working with Rodney and, and some of the transition times, uh, she she turned to our daughter who was the perfect student. Okay, mm -hmm. she said, "Emily, you're just saying that because she's in the room. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's hearing me. Okay. But at any rate, so uh, she turned to Emily and said, Emily, when you have children and you're homeschooling them, make sure you don't have a gun in the house. <laughs> <laughs> That's good so, advice. Well, that so, may have to be a meme somewhere. Put that up. Print that one out. <laughs> Yeah. So that just says that it gets intense at times. So it's not all perfect. You know, it turned out well for us, but there were bad, there were bad days, bad days. And, um, but there were more good days and there were bad days. And I was able to step away emotionally sometimes and say, Jan, we're still on track. It, it, they're growing, they're learning. It's okay. Take a deep breath. You, you go, you know, have some quiet time and I'll wrestle with the kids. Well, while. hey, we are down to our last couple minutes here. And before I let you have kind of a closing comment, Roger, um, you know, uh, I know you have some uh, videos, Parenting Matters Now. Uh, they yep. can find Roger Smith on Facebook and uh, really some very encouraging videos. They're short, but power packed. Um, if they wanted to continue this conversation or get a hold of you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, me through messaging me on the Facebook page, the okay. Parenting Matters Now, that's probably the easiest way. Um, and uh, I'll uh, be on the lookout for that and would we'll, we'll welcome conversation or chat or messaging. And so, um, 
Yeah, that's the best way for now. Okay, your closing comment to all the moms listening, your one minute or 30 seconds okay. of wisdom. My, my favorite um, quote fits here, and it's from uh, William Yates, and it says, education is not merely the filling of a pail, but rather the lighting of a fire. Mm. And so many times we think that we're pouring information and knowledge into our little children's bottles of a head, you know, really what we've got to do is light the fire within them. Mm. And sometimes it's non-traditional. That was awesome. Well, Roger, we're going to have to have you back. Maybe have you and Jan sitting side by side (laughs) in pandemonium (laughs) and we can do that. Um, but thank you so much for encouraging those moms and, uh, a mom, I know, uh, I just want to encourage you that what he said is true. It's true. It's true, but you have to act on it to, to get, to reap the benefit. Um, so mom, I'm just going to say goodbye for all of us. Um, and to remind you again, keep smiling. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. We hope what Roger had to say was encouraging to you. Also, I just want to say thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring the Smiling Homeschooler. Go check them out over at teachingtextbooks.com. If you haven't already, they have a free demo over there and they're an amazing curriculum. Have a great week. And as always, keep smiling.